Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. It is Sunday, January 30th at 2.46 p.m. Weird weird emotion for me today. Uh, first off, uh, sorry for not getting a post game to you. I was a little under the weather uh, last couple days. But um, yeah, it's a uh, weird emotion for me for Purdue to win a game in such dramatic fashion and just be livid. Um, but I was. Um, and I, I think I have friends that get bothered by this and I don't really care, but... Um, you can't give up an 18 point lead in a matter of what, 12, 14 minutes. If you're a really good team and expect just expect that to keep happening, that you're going to pull it out of your ass. And they absolutely did. Uh, Jaden Ivey saved the coaches and saved Eric Hunter and saved whoever. I mean, I've watched the action on that play a couple times. I don't understand the play call. I don't understand what they're doing. Uh, the coach is there. I don't understand why Hunter's there pounding the ball into the, into the corner. None of that makes any sense to me. Hunter's a senior. He's smarter than that. Cardinal rule in basketball. Don't dribble into the corner. He went right into the corner. Um, but, I mean, Purdue wins 81-78. to Incredible. Incredible ending. Jaden Ivey bails out uh, Matt Painter and Eric Hunter and the, and the whole team. And I'll just say it. I mean, like um, – I'm really frustrated with the senior class. Uh, Eric Hunter had a huge shot, huge three, with like, what, three or four minutes left. Confidently stepped up, took about a 24-footer, nailed it, and um, and he had some plays that were not very smart. Um, but this senior class, this is what's killing me over and over about this senior class. Purdue should have been in cruise control, and they weren't. Why weren't they in cruise control? Well, let's look at it statistically. There's a really easy answer here, okay? Free throws, 57%. Again, it's that simple. When you have a big lead, teams are going to start fouling. They're going to try to lengthen the game. And when you miss the front end of one-on-ones and you miss free throws over and over and over, you're going to let everybody back in the game. Well-coached teams will lengthen the game every way. Holtman is a damn good coach, no doubt about it. Um, but this is the whole story. I said it, what is this Purdue team doesn't have any, uh, whatever the opposite of killer instinct is what this Purdue team has. And it comes down to that. It's interesting because, you know, you have a guy on the team who is, he's a pro. Ivy is a pro. Trey Williams is a guy who makes big shots. They've, they've got guys that make plays. Sasha's made plays and shots in his life. I mean, he's been great. Um, he's made, what, three, four game winners in his career. Yet this team somehow lets teams back in very quickly into games, really, in game time. Um, and that's frustrating. So Purdue improves. To, this is wild. They, they improved to 18-3 on the season. And somehow there are so many things to work on for this team. It is crazy to me to think how much better they could play than they're playing right now. There's a neat, neat stat. I think they're like 17-0. and 0. I think they're 17-0 and 0 when, they, um, when they score 70 or more points. Um, so that's great, but this free throw thing is a real problem. And if you don't think it's a real problem, you either don't watch much basketball or you're not paying attention because this is the this is the shoulders that teams are getting on. They're just like, okay, keep fouling these guys. Keep fouling them. Edie hit a couple important free throws down the stretch, which was really a big deal um, and kind of felt like Purdue was going to keep them at an arm's length. But then Purdue on the other end of the floor was either one of two things. One, allowing open three-pointers or two, fouling guys while they shot three-pointers. There was like no in-between. Um, the first half, I thought Purdue defended the threes brilliantly. They looked like 
they look like what all of us think Purdue is capable of playing um, this year defensively. In the second half, they looked like they've played for much of the season. That's really frustrating, right, that this team cannot put together two halves, and yet they're still 18-3. and three. Can they improve these things before the tournament? Yeah, they can. Because if they would hit their free throws, I keep saying 70% is a magic number. If you can get over 70%, Purdue wins going away of almost every game they play because they draw so many fouls by the nature of the offense, right? But Trey Williams is not going to hit that many free throws. He's just not. He's like a 57% career free throw shooter. But Edie is an issue right now, and he's got to figure this out. 6 of 11 today. Early in the game, he was front-rimming the uh, the free throws, uh, barely drawing iron. He's got to figure that out. That's between his ears. Um, there was another guy that was uh, struggling from free throw line. Um, Hunter was one for two. Trey Williams, one, one for five. Um, free, throw sh- free throw shooting makes a big difference. But Sasha throwing that ball away at the end, that makes a big dif- difference too. You're up by three. Your senior, who is a is a smart player, good player by any measure, throws it right to the Ohio State player. They get a three, tie the game, and it felt like, well, here we go. They're going to go into overtime and lose because all that momentum that Purdue had with like 14 minutes, 16 minutes left was absolutely evaporated. And you could feel it with like three to five minutes left that the game was slipping, slipping out of their hands. Um, I would also say this is where Matt Painter is a millionaire. He's got to earn his money. He's got to make adjustments. If you're not in free throws, you just got to say, well, we got to run these guys out of the gym, just score, 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 do something here, right? But Purdue got really complacent in their offensive sets. They slowed things way down to the point where it looked like they were slowing things down just to use clock, not to get a shot off. Um, so that's really frustrating to me. Like I said, this team's 18-3, and three, and they can get so much better. They can get so much better. Uh, let's go over a couple of stats. Zach Eady finishes with 20 points, three boards, um, uh, seven and nine from the floor. Great game. Um, Stav- Stavanovich only finishes with 11 points. He started the game white hot. He was killing it in the first half. Second half, I think he missed two or three three-pointers. Um, really cooled down in a hurry. He also had four assists, but he had that one really important turnover. Really important turnover. Um, so uh, other guys, Gillis had two turnovers. Uh, Edie had two turnovers. Thompson, no turnovers. Uh, Eric Hunter had two turnovers. Ivy had two turnovers. So nobody really glaring at you, but Purdue, again, 10 turnovers and their opponent six. So we've seen this a couple times in the last three, four games where um, they're not winning the turnover battle. They're, consistently, they're not winning that. Um, but let's talk about the guy I intentionally omitted here. Um, wait, before I do that, let's look at um, Trey Williams finishes with nine points, eight boards, and three assists. He had three assists the half, though, and I thought maybe he'd get a little bit over the hump there, but he didn't. Um, still, a uh, solid line for him. And Gillis, with seven points, 11 rebounds, two assists, had some of the most important rebounds of the game. There's no doubt, without Gillis's ability to just crash the glass and keep plays going, Purdue would have lost that game going away. They would have lost in regulation. So, uh, Thank God for his kind of lunch bucket mentality. Um, Gillis is super important to this team. I think these, this this whole unit needs each other, right? Um, Caleb first had an unusual game, uh, very unusual game, where he has four personal fouls uh, and really nothing else, uh, an assist and a rebound. Um, he was using up the fouls. 
Um, but Morton had a big three, and he didn't shoot any other time. He had one three early in the game, I think with like four minutes in or something like that, then didn't shoot it again. Um, so Purdue shot the three pretty well, 47.1%. Um, Ohio State, Purdue defended the three really well in the first half. Ohio State ends the game shooting 30% from deep, um, but if they wouldn't have had the flourish in the second half, they probably would have finished the game in the low 20s. Um, Purdue was defending it so darn well. Um, I can't get over that. How I think Holtman did a lot of that, getting them in position to have open looks, especially in the corner. Uh, Liddell was taking advantage. My son, who's a smart basketball mind, he texted me with just a few minutes left in the game. He said, Liddell's going to go off. He's going to get hot. He's going to get hot. And he always does versus Purdue. He and Young both, right? And Young finished with... Um, well, just one uh, three-pointer. He was one for four, but one of them was really important down the stretch. Um, and uh, Purdue really tried to give this one away. Uh, they did not give it away, but, boy, it felt like they were trying. Um, let's see. Purdue next game will play – next play, they, they got at Minnesota on the second. So, um, I'm obviously, like you, super glad this uh, these guys uh, won the game. Um, but at the same time – I'm just frustrated that upperclassmen don't take better care of the ball and the team keeps making the same mistakes with the not guarding threes. It just kills me. And the free throws. So same stuff over and over and over. Um, yeah, uh, Brian Hannah says, according to Ivy uh, and Painter, the play was a bust. The ball was supposed to go to Edie, but Ivy went the wrong way uh, to the to the play. Um, I haven't watched the presser yet, so that's a good point. Thanks, Brian. And um, the BS guys, we had we were on a text thread before I got on here, and I said, why wouldn't you go the highest percentage shot possible, especially with Edie playing as well as he did? And if you look at it, Edie's like kind of out of the play almost right away, and that makes sense probably because it went to the wrong side of the court. And so Edie's just kind of leaning on his man on the, on the far side of the court. Um, and like I said, Ivy just bails him out. He's he's so darn good. It was funny listening to, um, listening to uh, Spiro Didis and um, um, and Rafferty um, talk about how good uh, Ivy is, and they both said they hadn't seen him in person this year. And he's so good at changing the shot in midair. Um, today, I think he did a much better job of leaving his feet and knowing what he was going to do with it. Cause I think that's his biggest problem. If he, if you'd say there's something he's got to work on and he'll get better. I mean, he's a sophomore. Um, he's going to be a great pro, but he's going to be incredible in the NBA because he's still raw. That's the thing. that's crazy. It's almost like this Purdue team being 18 and three and this, uh, much of a work in progress, right? 18 and three and a work in progress doesn't really add up, right? Especially when you've played a pretty decent schedule like Purdue has. I think Purdue's like 35th in the nation in strength of schedule. So not an awful schedule, not a great schedule. Um, but just like Ivy, Purdue has work to do and Ivy has work to do. And Ivy's still one of the best players in America, hands down. And boy, Ohio State, they're going to see him in, the, in their nightmares because, boy, he is a huge pain in the rear end to them. Um, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, uh, Martin Vintage, uh, Gridiron Metalworks, and AJ's. Appreciate those guys. Without them, we wouldn't be able to keep the lights on and pay our web dues and all that stuff. Appreciate that. Um, and uh, thanks to you for tuning in. Um, like I said, Purdue plays Minnesota. Purdue's in a stretch now. They're going to play, uh, I think Michael told me, they're going to play uh, 
five games in 11 days. Um, I think this started that off. Um, and the reason is because that Michigan, uh, the COVID thing that they had where um, Purdue would play Michigan twice in three games to end that um, kind of very, very tight part of the season. The the bad thing is, you know, number one, uh, Ivy's still a little dinged up. Gillis is still a little dinged up. And so now you got this stretch of the season where it's going to take all grit and gut to get through it. Um, I don't know. Let's see. If they can get through that four and one, I think they're still – they can still win the Big Ten and maybe get a one or two seed, but it's gonna be—it's a tall order because um, this is it, this is truly a gauntlet where it's asking a lot for a team to play that many games against these type of physical teams that many days in a row. Um, they're gonna be tested a lot physically, so uh, Minnesota is a team you can't sleep on. Um, they started off the the season ridiculously hot and they've kind of come down to earth a little bit, but they're still really well coached and they're a lot different than the Minnesota teams we've seen in the past years. Very, very solid team. So, uh, that's next up, but, uh, Purdue wins again, 81 to 78 and improves 18 and three on the season somehow, somehow, in spite of giving, giving a 18 point lead away in the second half. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Have a great day. Hammer down. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.